Hello and welcome to another MSC Performance Podcast. I am joined with the beauty of MSC and Kitty. Hello. <laughs> no, no. We are. I am joined with Kitty, our fellow strength coach, and then we have a new guest on today. We have the one and only Steve, who's actually been here longer than me and Kitty, but you have now officially joined the MSC team. This is true. Yeah. Yeah, I know. So I think firstly, I think what all the uh, the audience, the millions of listeners out there would like to know is just how are you? How's your training? All of that kind of stuff. Give me a little overall on how life is going for you. I'm good. Um obviously formerly been part of the MSC team now for a few months. Mm-hmm. Um after dabbling kind of like a little bit for the last six so it's really nice to be part of the team now um yeah basketball is my main priority as a sport yeah my trading methodology um representing gb at over 40s nice um, and hopefully go to the world championships next year um but life is good happy to be part of the team yes um lots of new faces now and really enjoying life of you know being in the mix being in the team i guess you're Genetically, a little bit taller than me and Kitty, aren't you? Which is what, slightly. You, yeah, slightly, which you use to your advantage in the old basketball scene, don't you? I try. I'm not very athletic. Um, yeah. Um, you know, but, you know, that's not because I'm white. That's just because I can't jump. Cool, of course. Um, yeah. 201 centimeters, um, or six or six, depending on what world you live in. So, yeah, oh. taller than the average man. You're just rubbing it in now, aren't you? Yeah, top, top, to three, us, top three. To us, five foot, <laughs> five foot kings and queens. Yeah. But oh, well, I guess we'll dive into sort of your background within the sporting or gym or PT world later in the podcast. Okay. Um, but I guess we'll say hello to Kitty first. Hello. hello. How are you? How's your training going at the moment? I'm good. Um, well, it's mixed i have mixed emotions mm. with my training at the moment um just on that i think a lot of people love it you know the most when you're training out there and you know when you get really angry and you shout something in a foreign language that's the best <laughs> thing i think at the moment yeah you know what? i actually did that when the gym was closed so oh okay yeah. sorry sorry yeah yeah sorry well <laughs> you need to start do doing it no i only do that behind closed doors so. okay cool mm. but yeah what kind but of yeah. what kind of training you because you sort of you've chopped and changed a little bit yeah so um, I think the last time I was on here, I was still on the barbell club mm-hmm. um, and I was kind of dipping into Olympic weightlifting, but I dropped the barbell club now and I'm only focused on Olympic weightlifting. So I train five times a week mm-hmm. um, at the moment. So up until now, I was training like more like technical stuff five times. Yeah. So it was very much... Um, the technical side of things five times and then some accessory yeah lift. yeah um but it was taking up a lot of mental space mm-hmm. um which is not sustainable for me at yeah the moment, yeah i think um so we kind of um moved on to like three technical sessions and then two strength-based sessions a week because cool. i think that will just free up a little bit of time and yeah. space as well for other things um you look the most focused you've been with training at the moment like you're uh, in you get your sessions done and you're gone which is nice to see yeah I think it's like that's the only way isn't it yeah yeah of course whereas (laughs) me I'm I'm here for three hours just chatting shit to everyone yeah that's my thought yeah would you say that your snatch is now tighter and tidier than it was before you started (laughs) of course you know what the thing is that like it's 
I'm not like striving for, for perfection or anything, but it is looking a little bit better. Yeah, okay. slightly. From the outward looking in, would you say people think your snatch looks better? Yes, of course. What are you trying to eat? I'm <laughs> up. I guess actually touching on this. So no fun Wait, there as well. I'm just, I'm just asking about whether you feel that your snatch, when we're looking at it from out there, that you think we think it looks better. Whether I, I think, think it you better. think it looks better. I don't know. I don't think you think it looks better. Okay. Okay, nice. But nice. I can see it. Okay, tell me. Okay, look, I'm so I'm so far lost from this conversation right now. Basically, your Olympic lifting is good at the moment, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, what do you think, Steve? Go on, then. Fill it no, up. No, no, I, 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 like, I, like, I like watching you train. It's good. Yeah. It's good yeah. Like I said, your focus is really good right now. Yeah. 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 I guess on that, so talking about Olympic lifting, yeah. I think, oh. I don't know, so I might be wrong, but I don't think we've actually had a talk about how the Olympic lifting club's currently going. Because um, all three of yeah. us are actually in their coaching a little bit. Yeah. So I think, Steve, what's your like overall sort of opinion on how everyone's getting on? Because you're helping with the clean, clean and jerk on a Wednesday, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, dropped in a couple of weeks ago. Um, I think personally it was factors of a fire a little bit. Mm. Um, big group. Uh, it's very overwhelming from a coaching point of view. Yeah. But it was it was good. It was good to get involved. It's, you know, as that newer member of the team, just being involved with the members more is really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's positive. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I think it stretches us as well as, as coaches. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. Because you've been here six months. I've been, oh, not six months, sorry. Six been, yeah, 14 months. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah, like it's that kind of like progression into the team now. Um, uh, the exposure to sorry. more clients is. Uh, I'm just wondering, have you ever coached Olympic weightlifting in like a team setting no. before? I've only ever uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I think that's that's a good thing for us as well, mm-hmm. um, because I haven't coached Olympic weightlifting in a team setting. Mm-hmm. Before. It's just... um, but yeah, it's yeah. good. It's yeah. I think that first week was a bit overwhelming because it was just like ah, it was like. 13, 14 people, like, yeah. and they're all mixed ability. Mm-hmm. But I think the one thing that I've found by being here as part of the team as well, it just helps me evolve as a coach continually. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You like, learn new things yeah, on how yeah, to coach yeah, it. I really love listening to Luke's, like, scientific breakdown of, like, muscular kind of uh, strength extraction yeah. over time. And Bracing, time. stacked. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, loves yeah. all that kind of talk, doesn't yeah, he? Whereas I'm like, uh, your hamstrings are kind of like the clutch in your car. Mm. Like, uh, so it's like, it's mm-hmm. nice to kind of be in that kind of pool of yeah. differentiating coaches. So I think it's like, it's definitely a good vibe and a good like sort of, it's a good environment, isn't it? Like, that, as you say, that first session, I led the first one on that Monday. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot of people were obviously like fuck, like deer in headlights. Like didn't particularly know what to yeah. do. But it's like as the weeks have gone on, everyone's confidence is growing. Like everyone's confidence is growing. Yeah, everyone's becoming more comfortable mm-hmm. with each other. Like it's just a nice environment. And even like, so obviously we know sort of all the basic cues to teach everyone. But it's like now that everyone else is picking up on them, mm-hmm. they're implementing it onto each yeah, other. Right. So it's like yeah. I don't know. Um, Gloria will be snatching. And then someone else will add a cue in, being like, "Glory, need to do whatever." Yeah. And it's quite nice to see each other actually yeah. coaching. Yeah, I really. So one, in, one, it's good to see other. two mates had job easier, doesn't it? So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's exactly why we just encourage them so that we yeah. get to do less. Yeah, yeah, yeah of so, course. Yeah. But yeah, I think yeah. So overall, weightlifting club it's going well. I think yeah. if you're uh, if you're watching the YouTube uh, 
channel, you can see we have our nice products in the background. <laughs> so carefully placed. Um, so midway through the podcast, we would like to introduce our sponsors. Yeah, yeah, Nocco, <laughs> Nocco, please. Uh, but no, yeah, as you, we just thought we'd make it look a little bit more appealing. We've got some nice new flavours. Has anyone tried this lemon cheesecake bear bells yet? No, tell me about it. No, it's actually quite nice. Mm. So I'm not a huge cheesy fan. I told you about this, didn't I? And you don't yeah, like me yeah, now. You, you don't, don't like cheese. You don't yeah. like blue cheese. You just like grated cheddar. And such a I'm boring. Yeah, but it actually tastes quite. It actually tastes quite nice. Like mm. it is actually very sweet. If you like, a, if you like a bit of sweetness, I love it's nice. Sweetness. Yeah, exactly. Love and then knocko. Yeah, you can't go wrong with our old. I haven't tried. I haven't, yeah, I these two. No, so we've got blood orange, which makes me feel like I'm abroad, you know, taking in the sun. And then we've got this lemon de sol, which also makes me feel like I'm abroad. It's like you know when you know when that reminds me. You know when you're when you're abroad and you've got a menu out in front of you and you try and pronounce it. That was that was me then. I love the paella de la It's like that, isn't it? Yeah, sorry, slight segue. Yeah, we've got. If you're wondering what all of um, those items are there, um, so Steve, I think it's time for interview time with okay, you. Yeah. So, I think, I think not a lot of us, especially obviously you've been here a lot longer, but not a lot of us probably know your past within the fitness industry and what actually led you into being a PT and into the world of fitness. So, would you like to give like a brief overview of what led you to this line of work? Um, he has to yeah. go back in time now. So yeah, yeah, so like, yeah. So of course, back to the back to the thirties. Okay. So, <laughs> well, when I was thirty, that was still twelve years ago. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the, the surprise that catches everybody off guard is that I'm forty-two. Mm. Uh, so I've been around a while. Um, so short history: used to be a college lecturer. Mm -hmm. uh, I worked at uh, a very big institution for 10 years, uh, mm. nearly 12 years maybe, um, teaching hospitality and catering business. Mm. Um, and that was off the back of a catering education at college when I came out of school. Um, and that was horrendous. Mm, didn't enjoy it. Didn't enjoy it at all. Um, what made you stay for so long? Money. Yeah. <laughs> okay. College money is decent. Uh, you put like four or five years in, you can easily get yourself up to like 30, 35 grand a year. Mm. You can make good money out of that. Yeah. Um, and I think like we all get caught into that kind of cycle of like, um, I get paid, I go to work, mm. it's a nine to five in essence. Um, but it just wasn't like it wasn't for me like mm. teaching wasn't for me because it was so political it wasn't about the kids it wasn't about the teaching it was mm. more about the statistics and the back of house admin and the government funding and mm. the yeah, yeah. yeah no one cares about and they don't care when kids get qualifications mm. um and then it was i mean i got to like 28 29 i've been there for like eight or nine years and it took me a good two or three years to get out of there mm. um and there was some kind of like really big factors that kind of like came into that yeah um so i was quite ill uh mm. when i was 28 yes uh, so the the big i suppose elephant in the room is that i had cancer when i was 28 um i lost a testicle through testicular cancer yeah 
And at that point in time, I was like, I'm done with this shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for probably two years, I suffered really badly with my mental health, um, suffered from depression, suffered from anxiety, and never yeah. never really went back to the college then. Um, I had my operation and all my kind of like cancer-related stuff. And then I went back for like two months, and then I was just kind of like, I'm done with this. So yeah. then I had yeah. a year off um, through stress and depression, went back again, and then I was like, fuck this. Mm. Like, I'm done with this shit. Like, yeah. um, and then I tried to find my exit route, which in essence was, I want to help people with my coaching and teaching skills, but how do I do that within a realm that I'm going to enjoy and be self-employed at the same time? Mm. Yeah. Um, so then I started to re-educate myself. And while I'm not the most educated person at MSC, I know that. Like I spent a lot of time like reading and doing kind of like low level SNC PT courses um, and tried to kind of upskill as much as I could while I was still at the college. And then I set up my own business. Um, yeah. And then I just I resigned one day. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, can I just jump in there? Just yeah, I just wanted to say that, like, in terms of coaching, <clears throat> it I think that like at the moment like in the industry you have to have like higher qualifications to get a certain job or anything but how good of a coach you are doesn't actually is not defined by whether no. you have a level three or level four no, or a master no, it's like, so it's there's very much an element of like you can be the most educated person in the world or in the room or in the gym and not know how to communicate yeah, with people yeah, and exactly. you can't find the cues that work for the individual yeah um, or you don't know how to kind of build relationships. Mm. And I think the big thing for me was like, I knew that I was good at teaching. Mm-hmm. I was good at coaching. I was relatable. And I knew how to kind of transfer information yeah. from one person to another on different levels with different individuals. Mm. So it was finding yeah. something that I could do and enjoy. Um, so I was like, I'm going to make every British basketball player the most strongest, conditioned like, <laughs> version of themselves. And they're all going to take over the NBA. Yeah. And then you find out that basketball players got no money. Mm. And now I'm having a great client base of lawyers, barristers, doctors, judges, and amazing humans. So I'm lucky like that. I think uh, I don't want to obviously touch on it too much and stay too dark, but that period, that period, I think a lot of people will want to know, like, how do you, how do you think that that period of like, obviously when you found out you had cancer and all of that stuff, how do you think that's like now influenced you into the sort of place that you are today? Because you're, everyone in this gym knows you as, amazing happy yeah. like yeah like out well, there you, Steve. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah. And it's, yeah i bet like that that time in your life made me well made you reevaluate a lot of things oh for sure like and it was really really quick process for me to be fair like i knew that there was something wrong for like a week i went to the doctors on the friday doctor sent me to the hospital on the friday the hospital were like you need to come back on monday had an operation on monday was in hospital for a couple of days, Tuesday, Wednesday, got sent home. And they were like, oh, you know, I need to come and have like uh, radiotherapy for like six months. And I was like, cool. Yeah. But it was such a quick process. It was just like, mm. shit, like, what the fuck is this? Like, how am I like in my mid to late 20s? And like, this is my life. And it was, yeah, you know, the doctors were like very much like, this is a genetic thing. Like, it was just going to happen one day. Like, what should have been an X rather than O? Mm. Like, one day you woke up and that got triggered. and. Mm-hmm. But it's also really grounded in the sense that like testicular cancer as as a as a sickness or an illness, 
um, is brutal. Mm. Like they say, once it comes out of the testicle, it goes straight to your lungs. And then when it gets to the lungs, there's nothing they can do mm-hmm. as a general process. So like when I went on that Friday, they were like, yes, we know that this needs to happen, but we also need to x-ray your lungs. We need to x-ray all your lymph nodes and all yeah. the lymph glands. And, and they were like, oh, luckily for you, like it's fine. But like they say, like men turn up like having had this for like six months. Wow. And they're like, oh, it's in your lungs. Yeah. There's nothing we can do now. Like you got six wow. months to live. Scary, so you're like, right, fuck. Like, and it really kind of like jolts you into like, what the fuck am I doing with my yeah, life? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and at that point in my life, I was partying like four or five days a week. I was hungover all the time. I was drinking. Like, I was just doing dumb shit. Mm. And you kind of like roll over and you're like, okay, like you, whatever you believe in, like it's like mm-hmm. this is your chance now to like make some change, like to do the things that you want to do and make a, a better evaluation on your life. Um, and that was it. I was like, I want to be self-employed. I want to look after myself. I want yeah. to enjoy myself. I want to enjoy what I do. But I also want to value the time more than I value the money almost. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I have this conversation with people like on a regular mm-hmm. basis, like how I value time more than I value money. Yeah. And people like laugh at you. Oh, yeah, yeah, we actually spoke about this yeah, yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, people are like, oh, yeah, but you need money. Yeah, you do, but like, if your app goes to £1,000 and you earn 1100 like you yeah yeah like yeah. all this time and i have my health and mm-hmm. you know people kind of like laugh at you when you say that but then until you've been in those situations like you you can't really kind of look at life like that yeah. Suppose. yeah 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 um and i think for me it was like a wake-up call for that to happen but then going back to college or having that experience of going back to something that you hate so much like you're just so depressed and i so bet it's, it's like those it's like yeah you're sort of you're stuck in this like channel, aren't you? Of like you did that job and you probably thought you were quite comfortable and happy. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You obviously went through this life, yeah, yeah, yeah. this life event that was mm-hmm. tragic and horrible. You go back to that environment that you thought you were okay and you just think, fucking up, this is shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then it's quite it's quite good that now that you just thought, right, I just want to do something I yeah, love. Yeah, life yeah. life can be short, yeah, yeah, do yeah. what I enjoy, and exactly. then you, you you're gonna live life to the fullest. So like what as much as you can, yeah, for sure. So what like had you been involved in sort of the gym or fitness prior to actually thinking right I want to be a PT or was it literally an off the cuff thing thinking how am I going to combine everything I think what it was I think a lot of it boiled down to the fact that I've, I mean I've played basketball since I was 10 mm. so like, I've been playing basketball for 32 years <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Jesus right. we're a little bit um and I never, while I probably, I reached more of my basketball potential in the latter years. Mm. Now, I knew that I never reached my potential then. Yeah. And there was a lot of things that went into that and my body wasn't prepared for it. I didn't know how to look after myself. I didn't eat properly or mm-hmm. drinking too much. And, yeah. And I was like, the next generation needs to know about this. And while it's not really kind of panned out how I wanted to client-wise, I suppose, like over the term of doing this, because basketball players don't necessarily buy into that because they believe their own hype. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, what I've learned is that, again, for me, like with my personality and my per, like my personability to people, is that I have a way of kind of like trying to communicate to people that while they can be performance athletes, but also just the everyday person. Like, mm. actually, this is just important for everyday people too. Mm-hmm. Without and doubt, you don't have to be like elite. Yeah, but you you do have to do something consistently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think that's where I was at. Like when I came into it, I was like, I'm going to make the basketball players better. 
but then I kind of focused on myself even more. Then my basketball skills got better and have done continually the older I've got. Yeah. Um, and I was never really considered to play any like professional level or any like super high level when I was in my prime. Mm. But then like when the GB opportunity came up, like when I was what, 40 and that was pre-pandemic, that was by application. So it was like send us your application uh, and they were like, oh, we'll invite you, you can come. And I knew that I was one of like probably like the least uh, experienced basketball players in the room at the first trials, and there was like two hundred of us. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't need to be here. Like, mm. some of the, I knew who some of those players were, oh. but some of them had been retired for like five or six years. They weren't fit. They were injury prone, and for just like eighteen months, I was just running past these guys, and the coach yeah. was like, "This guy's fit. He's looked after himself." Yeah, yeah, job. yeah. Um, and, you know, and like I'm, I'm the glue guy. I'm the guy that's like just doing stuff that no one else can do and just yeah. keep running and keep moving and just keep working people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're the workhorse. Yeah, yeah, It's not, it's, it's, it's always, it's, yeah, it's always interesting to see as like, seeing how like you've sort of not reacted, but like when something tragic like that happens in life, like how you've actually sort of taken, yeah. taken that pain that you've gone through and actually yeah. used it, used it as like your sort of driving yeah. force. It's yeah. like, yeah, I don't know about you, but like I've touched wood, I've never had a, a, mm-hmm. a terrible life event yeah. like that. So it's like, yeah. It, it does, yeah. yeah it's it just... grounds you so quickly, and it can kind of, it can go one or two ways, I think. And uh, I think the one thing that I have to do sometimes is just remind myself because mm-hmm. it's quite mm-hmm. easy to forget that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like it's like, oh shit, like this happened. Like that was yeah. a big part of my life. Um, and the interesting thing is they talk about the statistics of like people then getting cancer again. It's quite high, mm. so you kind of like I have to to a degree look after myself like mindfully a little bit more mm-hmm. yeah so i'm like oh shit like this could happen again mm-hmm. and you know it might be a different variation but you still have to be like okay well this could be a thing mm-hmm. um and i suppose like for me as well like seeing your parents like react to something like that when their child's like mm-hmm. 27 28 and you have to go home and tell you oh mom. i couldn't yeah i couldn't even like, imagine it's just yeah. brutal mm-hmm. um i think like the combination of that and knowing that historically, like I've always had like mental health like problems mm-hmm. anyway, like you have to kind of keep powering through. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. like for me, the highs are high and the lows are low. Uh-huh. So if you don't kind of like combat that, mm-hmm. like you can just wallow. Mm-hmm. So what do you do at the moment in your like routine or your everyday life that kind of just like keeps you grounded or like? I mean, I think the important thing to me is now is like having control of like as much of my life as possible and doing the things that I want to do. Mm-hmm. And I think like recent history and long-term history, I've had relationships where I've not had like the flexibility to do what I want. So mm-hmm. I, years ago, like we're talking like six or seven years ago, I had a relationship where I was with someone and I stopped playing basketball mm-hmm. and I stopped seeing my friends. And then that kind of spiraled into like mm-hmm. a lot of negative situations. Yeah. Um, Very common, that kind of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very sure, common. Sure. So for me, it's like like a workout is a workout because it's good for my mental health, regardless mm. of whether it's a great workout or a terrible workout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And playing basketball, obviously, is a big part of my life, but I have like two competitive training sessions a week for my national league team. But I also make the effort to go and play with like my school friends on a Sunday mm-hmm. because it's just fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just that kind of like understanding of like things that I need to do to keep me at like zero on like a good mental health is yeah it's quite simple mm. but 
there it's also easily wavered yeah I think. Mm. Um, but i'm fully aware of that now like um i don't really watch the news like mm. i don't have a television yeah like mm. so it's like i just i enjoy music so i only have music at home mm-hmm. um and i don't really kind of like throw things in there that are going to throw a curveball mm-hmm. um and i think the thing is as well you you have to surround yourself with people that value you on the same level yeah. like you have to have good people around you and yeah. that doesn't necessarily mean everyone's your best friend but like the one thing that I've found here, especially in the last few months, is that everyone's just been super supportive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like super supportive. Uh, and it, it 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 shows because it's like, I, well, since I've been here, especially like I've only ever known you as like Steve, the like mm-hmm. the wacky, like extravagant, yeah, like amazing guy. So it obviously shows on everyone else. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. but and like when you talk to Mel. Like Mel is like, oh, for the first seven months you were here, you were just a miserable motherfucker. Like, <laughs> and, uh, and the only reason why, like, I kept hoping that you were going to be a nice guy is because you have good shoe game. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. Like, that shoe game But she was that brutal. She was like, you didn't say anything for months, and I'm like, mm. I didn't know whether I was going to stay. Yeah, I wasn't mm. working here. Like, there was a lot of other stuff going on in my life, and I was just like, well, you know, why put yourself out there when you don't need to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, but the one mm. thing that I know, like. For me now, like in the last few months, like everyone has just been like, when things have changed for me personally, everyone's just kind of like, are you okay? Can we yeah. help? Do you need this? Come out. Let's go for coffee. Let's yeah. go for cake. Let's do burpees. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I guess it's all like, I don't like, I want to keep the MSC crew humble, but it's like, it does it does show that like this whole sort of, this family click that we've yeah, got yeah, it. No. It's, so, it's so supportive, isn't it? Yeah, like with everything. like coaches and members. Yeah, yeah everyone. Yeah. Like Kitty, what would you say? So on what Steve was saying, what would you say is like the things you do to sort of keep yourself grounded, like keep yourself humble? Like, is there anything? It doesn't have to be anything special, but like, what but what would you? Special, tell us. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think Put you I on the spot. It, no, I think I can approach it like in multiple ways. Because when you said like keep me humble, mm. I, I thought about my training, for example, yeah. just straight away. I think like trying new things and putting yourself out there and doing things that you're not particularly good at yeah. is something that can be frustrating but it can also be humbling and you know just keep you keeps you really focused and present in what you're doing yeah i think that's whether it's a sport or whether it's another activity like it can be anything really yeah, yeah. um but what was the initial question <laughs> keeping you ground keeping you ground but it's true though isn't it like like adding on to that it's like yeah. learning a new movement or a new skill or a new hobby it can be anything like mm. meeting someone new it's like you've got to start from like basic one you're not gonna yeah you're not gonna go straight into yeah. level 100 yeah. on whatever you do like if i'm learning how to well, i don't know does he play blackjack i'm not <laughs> i'm not gonna go and then get put a grand on because I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You want you need to learn everything. Like, I don't know why blackjack came to my mind. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> so now the MSC podcast, we're talking about Max and his gambling addiction. <laughs> no. Is this like a like confession? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of it's course. One time a band found. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Um, but yeah, it's good, good to hear that from you, Steve. I think everyone will like. Yeah, thank appreciate- you so much. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I think you know the, these things are like not necessarily openly shared, and, and mm. while I always kind of like I sit on the fence with stuff like this because I always feel like everyone's got a story, like rags to riches, like yeah. sickness to health, and blah 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 blah. 
and it's it's difficult to find the balance of kind of being able to talk about those things with people so they understand for themselves mm. like like i would say to you now like oh if you ever wake up and you're like one testicle looks like the size of a lemon yeah go get that checked yeah mm. yeah that's what happened to me yeah but also like you know it's easy just uh for people to be like oh he's only telling that story because he wants like yeah. likes or clients or, clients mm. or whatever but the reality is like these are real life problems that people deal with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When you know when that happened to me at the college, I had like three male members of staff like come and talk to me after the fact, mm. and like be like, oh, so we know when that happened to you. What about this, this, and this? And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah like you should probably yeah, it has to be talked about more. Got to be open. Yeah. As you said, like it can be gone like undiagnosed yeah. for months and months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm never like I'm never ashamed or shy to talk about it, no. but it's also not something that you're going to be like, "Hi, my name's Steve. <laughs> I got one testicle." I had to, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm a like, one, I'm one ball one, guy. One, I actually have two, but one's not real. Yeah. Like, do you want? Do you want to remember which one? Like, it just gets really weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm like, yeah. how did they take it out? Yeah. They cut under. No. <laughs> I guess it is being. It's like it's having that level, isn't it? Of like we, everyone knows you, and you're you're so open it's like if someone now listens to this and wants to come and talk to you you're complete you'll be like yeah of course i'll have yeah, a chat yeah, with it it's like yeah. it's being like less of a I mean, as long as it's not like female members who are like oh which one is it can we just uh yeah 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 boundaries of course yeah, yeah. oh yeah as kitty said yeah thank you for sharing that story yeah. um i think while we're while we're getting to know you a little bit more we should maybe talk about you obviously went and played your GB basketball, didn't you? Your, your old men basketball yeah, yeah, yeah. Over tournament. Over 40s Masters. Over 40s Masters, yeah. Yeah, we, we went to Malaga in the summer, um, competing against 20 other teams mm. um, and did ourselves proud and played fourth, which was really good. Uh, yeah. We didn't have any expectation when we went out there. British basketball as a whole doesn't have a great reputation. Mm. We're not really valued as the best in the world. Even nowhere even close. Um, and that experience for me, like being selected to go was amazing. And that whole 12 day like uh competition was one of the best experiences of my life. Yeah. Um and losing in the semi-final to go to the gold medal game was a bit rough. But coming forth like on reflection now. Psh- mm. <laughs> um, <coming laughs> forth, um was it was great. Like, yeah. It was really good. Um, and there's a lot of opportunity to move that forward. We're looking at uh, a little short, punchy competition in December in Spain again, like to take the same team out, um, just to keep us all together and kind of see how we get on in a different format with the hope of going to Argentina for the World Championships next year. Mm-hmm. Cool. We can find some like decent sponsorship or funding to help us to get there. Yeah. So, if anyone's got any money, <laughs> yeah. who wants to go to Argentina? Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting hearing you talk about that because I remember when you came home from Malaga, you were really disappointed. Yeah, for sure. And I think hearing you like going through that journey of like reflection and now being like, okay, how can I turn that? Of course, of, like you know, disappointment. Think, into... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, it's still bittersweet. Like it's like, oh, we should have done better, and we should have done better. Um, but we went there thinking we might lose every single game. Mm-hmm. So like, you kind of got to look at it and kind of go, okay we actually came fourth yeah, and we beat a lot of good teams and we did really well 
up until the third and fourth place game, which we absolutely bombed. Yeah. But yeah. everyone's heart and soul had just died at that point. And you and it's the end of the week, you're knackered, you're yeah, old yeah, man. Yeah. Mm. yeah, exactly. Next. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I want to feel young. Yeah. Uh, and it was just, but in that experience, like in that 12 days, like I got to play against like multiple current and ex European, like Syria essence, like uh, basketball players. I got to play against like an ex NBA guy. Mm. And you're just like, I don't mind losing to a guy who played in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Of course. Good. Like, yeah. Um, and yeah, we should have done better. But, yeah. Um, I think like, and I don't know if um, you've ever had anyone, Kitty, but like, the SNC in basketball, like I don't think I've ever sort of. What's the SNC like in basketball? Because I have you have you ever had a client of any kind of basketball? I actually coached, yeah. I actually coached uh, a basketball player, but it was through my university because yeah. he was a university um, sports scholar. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the university, I used to um, go to. They did um, SNC support for yeah. all sports scholars. And usually these were like third years or master's students yeah, or anything yeah. like that. So that's how I got into it. But apart from that, I haven't no, been exposed no, to any teams no. or anything. And like that. it's only now really like while the NBA American colleges have always had good SNC setups, like it's only really now that that kind of like leaks out and you kind of see the, oh. the setups that they've got. Yeah. And, you know, you see, I go to sessions like three, four times a week and you see people like, they just can't run. Like mm. you can see that anatomically, they're just like really imbalanced. And yeah, you kind of like you. You just almost expecting the worst for them at some point. Uh, there was a guy last week on Sunday, like Tory's Achilles on a Sunday. Yeah, morning, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Run around and you're like, and while you can't combat that, like in the in the then, but like for six years before, you could have done yeah. X, Y, and Z. Yeah, to, like, yeah a load of plyometric stuff. Yeah, just yeah. Just um, but I mean, you look at like, so if you watch the, um, what's that Netflix docu- um, series um, where they go into like American teams? They did one for a basketball college team, didn't they? Um, where they normally do the American football teams and they're like, oh, dive. What, uh, do you know which one I mean? Uh, yeah, I know what you're on about. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but they looked into like even uh, the equivalent of a high school team here. Mm. Like their basketball team had full gym sessions, yeah. full yeah, S and C, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then they you could yeah, were like seven years behind the, the US, like in skill set, age mm-hmm. to age. So mm. for a thirteen-year-old in America, it takes our kids to get to like nineteen and twenty before they catch up skill set wise, yeah, alone like strength and conditioning wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and we, while we ship out a lot of kids over to the states, like it's still not till they're like sixteen, seventeen, mm-hmm. so they're already behind. Yeah, yeah. So unless they're outstanding, which they're generally not like on that level yeah um it's really tough mm. really really tough yeah one. there's a guy called jeremy soshan who's just been drafted to the spurs he's like one of three guys from britain that's ever got to like the nba yeah it shows the difference doesn't it yeah yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. it's interesting it's like i guess with some sports in england like snc is crazy good mm, like yeah. Rugby, yeah, yeah, yeah. like all of those kind of sports. Yeah, you're looking, yeah, and you go over to America, but they're like, even even though their rugby sort of standard isn't probably as good as here, their SNC is probably like they've probably still got amazing gym. Yeah, yeah. like they've just got that much more money in everything, yeah. haven't yeah, yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're always going to be miles ahead of us. Yeah, like, yeah. it just shows the divide between like this country mm-hmm. and and America. Like, yeah, um, yeah, I think 
that's a good place to finish there. I think I it's think been so. it's been nice um, getting to know you a bit more, Steve. As oh, we said, high five. Good. Nice to meet you. Um, yeah, I think we'll end the podcast there. If anyone wants to hear a little bit more or about Steve and his uh, his magical story, any questions? Yeah, drop yeah. us a DM. If not, buy a knuckle. Yeah, of course. Caffeine. Yeah. It's 180 milligrams. Yeah. Oh, Let's love for you. I was going to say, like, <laughs> Mr. Espresso. Yeah. But yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, see you later, guys.